Press means supply force. When God said press, prayer reaches every single situation. He gave us permission to apply force to every situation that we will go through. And in this podcast, we are going to learn to apply force to what's applying pressure to us. Welcome to the Press Podcast. So glad as always that you are here. I hope if you have any prayer requests today, you remember to inbox us. You can reach us at the Press Movement. You can reach us at Press Movement on Instagram or Facebook or via our website, PressToPray.com. Let's dive in. We are in Numbers 27 today. We are looking at the prayer of Moses as he is facing his own death. Time is up. The Lord is letting him know it is so. And he's actually praying about his replacement. The Bible says in Numbers 27 verse 15, And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, send a man over the congregation, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thine hand upon him. Moses knows that time is short. God had just told him a few verses prior, Get thee up into this Mount Abiram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, thou also shalt be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother was gathered. For ye rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes, that is the water of Meribah in, in Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. God tells them, okay, let's go. I'm going to let you see the land they're going to, but you're not going to cross over. And after you've seen it, after we've set order, I'm going to take you just like I took your brother Aaron. You're going to die. And he reminds them, you can't cross over because of your rebellion at Kadesh. Now, what happened? What did he do? Numbers 20 tells us about how Moses failed to glorify God at Meribah. It is ironic. Out of all the things that we've seen God do just because Moses asked him to, and the times that he's forgiven the children of Israel just because Moses asked him to, that Moses for himself cannot pray and change God's mind. I think it's a sober reminder that we are not in the business of telling God what to do. I know there are some philosophies out there that say you just name it, claim it, or speak it into existence. But if we could do that, wouldn't that make us God? The way you speak, the way you claim what you believe has to align with what God has already said and who he is already. You don't get to make it up and just get it because you want it. If that were the case, we'd be God. So Moses' request concerning seeing the promised land, it is denied. We see this later reference as he talks in more detail about his prayer with God in Deuteronomy 3, 24 and 27, when he said, I besought the Lord at that time, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might. I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain in Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah, and lift up thine eyes westward, 
and northward and southward and eastward and behold it with thine eyes but thou shalt not go over this jordan he's telling you in more detail in deuteronomy 3:24 through 26 what he said to god but it's being referenced or played out in numbers 27 he's telling god i want to go over please may i and he's worshiping him still he's still telling him of his greatness he's still telling him how wonderful he is but god said no he was angry He said, the Lord would not hear me. And that's important because we know that God is always listening. And we can tell that he's listening by the simple fact that he replies. But when he says, hear me, he means come into agreement with me. God was not going to agree with me on this. God had already made a decision. I could not go over. Now, what had Moses done at Meribah that left him to the point God would not let him see the promised land? Well, at Meribah, The people wanted water and they began to complain as they always did. And they began to chide with Moses and they said to Moses, would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Basically, we should have been dead when all the other people died and you brought us out of Egypt and there's no seed, there's no figs, there's no vines, there's no water to drink. They're letting Moses have it. And Moses went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation in Numbers 26. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so that thou shalt give the congregation it, and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation before the rock, And he said unto them, Hear ye now, rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. So the Lord kept up his part of the deal. He made water come from the rock. But Moses snaps on the people this time. He says, Hear me now, you rebels, you rebellious bunch of people. He's very angry. But what he did that they didn't do is he left the presence of God thinking he was going to go do this or speaking as if he was going to do this himself. Must I fetch you water out of this rock? Is this now our job? His job was only to facilitate what God was going to do. He didn't get to stand up and be angry for doing his part. We have a part. We have something from God we're to do but we take no credit for it. Moses acted like he had to make the rock give water when all he had to do was follow instructions. You see his temper, you see his anger. Must we fetch you water, you rebels? And he hit the rock twice. And though the rock did what the Lord said it would do, he didn't know or understand or remember as is stated in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4. They drink of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And that's referencing the story of Moses in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, that that rock was Christ. Who are you going off on, Moses? Who are you mad at? What are you hitting? And because he failed to remember his position or lack thereof, he could not enter the promised land. So his prayer for the people is God. Don't let them be like lost sheep. Give them a man they can follow. Give them somebody who knows how to go in, how to go out. 
it is important that we remember to pray for who will come after us. Pray for the future, the part that will not just include you, but will include your children, your children's children. Pray for the legacy you'll leave. Pray that they'll go further than you. Pray that there's somebody who can get them to the destiny God has set before them. If we live long enough, all of us are going to have a moment, a time where we have to face our own mortality. And so it's important that while we're living, while we have breath in our body, that we're building and following God in a manner that somebody will want to follow him the way we did. But also that we pray for those that will come after us, who will keep the vision and the purpose of God going beyond our days. Because we know there's more to do beyond us. We're just a small piece in a giant puzzle. We are but flesh, but dirt. But if we invest in the things that are eternal, then we are investing our prayers into something that will go eternally. So Moses is praying, God, I know my time is short, but watch over your people. Send your people a leader after your heart. Send your people someone they can follow. Send your people someone who will follow you. And God answers with Joshua. And I love Joshua. I love Joshua because it wasn't a new answer. When you look back over Exodus and Numbers, you can see how Joshua served. He was the minister of Moses, the servant. Minister means servant. It does not mean somebody who stands up and preaches. It does not mean somebody who has people carrying their things. It's not a title. It was a servant. And Joshua was Moses' servant. Joshua was the one when Moses entered the tabernacle in Exodus 33. Joshua lingered and watched. It was Joshua who went up into the mountain with Moses when Moses would speak with God. And he couldn't go as far as Moses did then, but he waited halfway down. It was Joshua who at the battle of Amalek fought. And while he fought, Moses lifted his hands to God. And when his hands got tired and were ready to fall, they would start to lose. But when his hands were up, they would begin to win. And if you want to see how that story turns out, go to Exodus 17. It's a very interesting one. But you see Joshua throughout Exodus and Numbers. He's always there. He was one of the 12 spies sent to spy out the promised land. But only he and Caleb came back with a report that they were able to take the land and telling the people not to fear. Joshua had always been there serving, lingering behind Moses, trying to get the extra crumbs that it seems the rest weren't interested in at the time. He couldn't go as far as Moses could, but he wanted to go as far as he could. And not in a way that he wanted position like Korah, but more so he wanted this God. He wanted to know him. And God was setting up the answer to Moses' prayer all along. And that prayer was protect the word and the future of the people you've given. Today, pray for somebody else. Pray for those that will come. Pray for those that will carry the gospel. Pray for those that will complete the mission that you've started. Pray for those who are watching you. Pray for those who are looking up to you. Just pray because prayer reaches every single situation. Join the movement. Join the community. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. 
Visit us at prestopray.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Did you know that when you are quiet, your voice is missing to God's ears? I know some of us have prayed and we're wondering, how long should I pray about this? Why should I pray if God already knows? How will I know God is answering? And what do I do when I feel like God's not listening? But God is listening for your voice. It's too quiet in this world for the troubles we have. You have to raise your voice and God wants to hear from you. It's Too Quiet, a book about prayer, is designed to answer your prayer questions and build your faith. Visit PressToPray.com.